Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 224th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing just great. Cameron, how are you? I'm doing fine. It's a nice day today. Is it? Eh, it's fine. Like weather-wise? Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's, it's chilly. Fine, yeah. It's fine. I'm always happy to be here in this room with mm. you guys, just, you know, just hanging out. Yeah, that's what we do. And the viewers and listeners, thanks, thanks to all of you for being here with us. Uh, we've got quite an episode today. Uh, we're going to talk about the Kansas game and how bad it sucked and what we can uh, look forward to from the basketball team moving forward. We're going to talk about football, transfer portal, announcements, all kinds of stuff. And we're going to pick the SEC slate of bowl games, lots of SEC bowl games. We're going to pick those. And yeah, uh, before we do all that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review, uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. How about, a, how about that basketball game? Mm. Man, I got to say, um, the day was really fun, <clears throat> hanging out with the boys and uh, seeing some some of our, our, our listeners in Columbia and going out for pizza and uh, just the f- freaking hype leading up to the game and seeing the stadium just packed and like literally hours before the game started. It's just like the students had already, you know, filled the entire section and all the chanting that was happening in warm-ups and all of that, like the energy was awesome. So all of that was was just fantastic. And really, even like the first few minutes of the game, just I think, you know, Kobe Brown scoring that first bucket, like thought my ears were going to explode. And it was just, that was so awesome, all that. Yeah, atmosphere. And that was the end of the game. That yeah. was all we had to say. Yeah. Nothing else happened after it was, that. Uh, yeah, weird game. Mizzou wins 2-0 to zero on that, just one Kobe Brown basket. Yeah. And then, then they ended the game. Yeah, that's all I remember. Oh, man. Yeah, the atmosphere was fantastic. Uh, you know, we've talked many times about going to that Iowa State game. Um, this was that plus a little bit more just because of the rivalry, hatred. But it was fantastic. Um, people noted on Twitter before the game this would be the first rivalry, uh, KU rivalry game with alcohol available in the arena. There was a lot of that. Yep. So you, you could definitely tell it had a little bit of influence. Um I want to give a shout out to the crowd for staying in it throughout the whole game. Hmm. Like I saw some stuff on Twitter about Kansas, like taking the crowd out of it. And I've got to push back on that a little bit because yeah, maybe there were some quiet moments, but like the crowd roared back to life when Missouri went on like a tiny, like Like a four to zero run. Yeah. Missouri scored two baskets in a row and the crowd was acting like it was a tie game. We didn't have it very often, but (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, honestly that Aiden Shaw dunk, like, wow. Yeah. Uh, The arena exploded and we were down by 20 points probably at that point, but that actually was, we were on a little bit of a run. That was probably the biggest run we had in the entire game. Yeah. We we cut it to like 13 or something. Yeah. But I got to say, I mean, obviously watching a lot of basketball on TV, it's like totally different. Even watching the replay of the Aiden Shaw dunk just not, doesn't even come close to doing it justice of seeing how actually high his body yes. is in the air, yes. like how far he had to jump to away from the basket to get to the 
I don't know. It, just seeing it in person, especially from the angle that we were at, was just incredible. Yeah, there, there is, there's nothing like being in the arena in person in that kind of environment. There's nothing like it. And just like the pageantry of it all, the, I don't know. It's so fun. Just how like intimate you are with like yes. 15,000 people screaming. Yes. Yeah, that was. It is kind of like a, I don't know. It's like a surreal feeling almost because we were way high up and that adds something to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, very cool to be there in person. But I mean, what a mess of a game yeah. for Missouri. For, like just, from the almost the first, well, the first possession, Missouri gets the tip, just chucks it out of bounds yep. immediately. Yeah. Really just the worst possible thing you could have asked for. I mean, at least give us like a decently competitive game. Like, you know, for the fan interest and the fact that probably everybody paid a decent price to be there, like all, and just, you know, wanting to see a good game against a huge rival that, that was a massive disappointment. Just knowing it was over literally five to 10 minutes after the game started and just having to sit there in for two hours, just kind of like knowing it's over was kind of awful. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, I went back and looked at just like how bad that first 10 minutes or so was because uh, it felt the feeling in the arena was like, okay, this is not going well. Kansas is making a lot of shots and we're playing bad, but we're down by 12 yeah. after like three minutes yeah, and then just no looking back. Basically. And I kept thinking like, there's no way Kansas is going to keep shooting like this, but it just didn't matter at all. Kansas missed their first two shots from the field and then made their next 11 in a row, including five makes from Grady Dick by himself, 11 points for him in the first six minutes. When he got his 11th point, it was Mizzou 12, Grady Dick 11, or if you include the rest of his team, 26 to 12. Yeah, I mean, we, t- we talked about the defense coming into the game like how that's been pretty that's been the the glaring issue all season if you want to complain about what had happened but up to the kansas game it was that the defense had was really suspect the perimeter defense was really bad everybody shot well against us so far it's clearly not just luck at this point uh but man did they get exposed <laughs> against kansas against a a competent an unfortunately competent team with uh, an unfortunately great coach uh they just absolutely carved us up yeah kansas shot uh 64 from two and 46 percent from three and they were like shot They're, those numbers came down a lot in the second half first half it was like 70 percent from the field 60 percent from three yeah just ridiculous yeah obviously missouri has a long way to go uh like on on defense especially and you know there, there's a lot of things talent wise that missouri needs to do to get to where they need to be but Honestly, one of the most glaring things for me in this game was just how rattled Missouri looked by the crowd. And again, we talked about that last week, how this environment is going to be unlike anything these players, most of them have seen ever in their lives. And uh, that was was really obvious. Like we thought maybe Kansas would be rattled. We thought both teams could be. But really, it just looked like only Mizzou was um, not just not prepared for the moment. Yeah, uh, post-game press conference, Nick Honor said that the crowd, he didn't think the crowd had anything to do with, he was just complimentary of the crowd mm-hmm. and didn't and said that that didn't have anything to do with the bad start. Okay. Maybe him. Honestly, yeah. he was one of the only players that looked 
ready to go. Yeah. But, you know, some of the guys, especially like Trago Million and uh, Hodge. Hodge, Demoy Hodge, yeah. some of the guys that maybe ha- have played most of their careers at a lower level in front of a couple of thousand fans, they looked like completely different players um, in this game. But Kobe Brown didn't look any better. No. And there was one play in particular in the first half where Kobe and Noah Carter both basically just just let KJ Adams just walk right past him and dunk. Yeah. If you didn't have like audio in the situation, like if you're watching this game on TV on mute, you would have thought the whistle blew yes. the play dead yeah. because they just gave up yeah. on the play. And then uh, Kobe was on the bench immediately after yeah. that. I have no clue what was going on. We just were mentally broken. Yeah, and it looked like immediately Coach Gates realized he didn't have it in the five that were on the floor. So he kept trying to cycle guys in, trying to find a group of five that could do something. And it was never found. Uh, He even went for an extended stretch, super small lineup with uh, uh, Golston as the biggest guy on the floor for Mizzou. It was like East, uh, Honor, Hodge, Gomillion, Golston were the five on the floor at one point. Yeah, we got basically nothing from Sean East. Uh, Golston just was forcing it all game. Just he didn't look comfortable. Um, Isaiah Mosley remains on the bench. We're not going to really get into that because I don't know that there's really anything to get into at this point that we don't already know. It's just it was not great. And that's unfortunately the last kind of taste in our mouth right now. That's the last thing we've seen. I don't think missouri will look that bad hopefully in in most or if any of the games they play the remaining of the season remainder of the season but unfortunately we had to witness that one (laughs) against a a rival yeah missouri turned the ball over 21 times that's good for 28 percent of their possessions 28 percent in a turnover and uh of course kansas only turns it over 14 times right yeah Uh, kansas with 24 assists to missouri's eight yeah, that's, I mean, again, uh, we brought up last week something that Missouri has done really well all season is kind of just exploited the transition game and just immediately just outlet pass whenever off of a, off a miss or off a turnover. Well, when you play good teams, they make a lot of shots, which means you give them time to get back. It's a lot harder to beat them down the court in a transition and uh, they don't turn the ball over as much, so they weren't getting really any steals or anything. So they just basically had to operate completely out of the half-court offense against a good defense, and just yeah, it didn't go well. Yeah, they were Missouri's offense out of the half-court looked pretty bad. There was a lot of just, like, every player trying to post up their guy and, like, back him down into the paint. Not a lot of ball movement. A lot of ISO. A lot of ISO, and you're using a lot of ISO, but it's – not Mosley, yeah. weird. Um, and then when they weren't like settling into their half court offense, they were literally just throwing the ball away. Yep. I mean, there was feels like this is probably an overestimate, but it feels like five or six times they threw like a three quarter court pass that yes. got intercepted. Well, how many times did they throw it to somebody and they just like? Butterfingered it out yeah. of bounds. Yeah. Like I feel like Demoy Hodge did that yeah. by himself at least yeah. three times. Like just dropped the pass and it just went out of bounds. And Hodge still had the best game offensively of any Missouri player. He was four for nine from three, 15 points. He was four of nine from three. The rest of the team two for eleven. But we needed, uh, you know, we needed that. We needed him to do that in each half 
basically. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I mean, clearly, we, we just were so, so far away from what Kansas was in that on that day, at least. And the defense is even more of a concern than I think I originally thought. And, I mean, Kansas at times was just not even running offense. It just yeah. didn't matter. They just no. drove the ball and just kind of, I don't even know, just passed around for a minute, and someone's going to be open. Yeah, the first, it was a lot of time for Kansas on offense. It was like the first action they tried resulted in a, in a made basket yeah so yeah. many times rarely was the ball was was the possessions getting down to the end of the shot clock they didn't need it yeah they just were scoring as quickly as they wanted to yeah and it got to a point where um missouri could have stopped them 10 times in a row but they would have only turned that into four points on offense Kansas is really good, though. I I kind of, I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of Kansas going into this because I was, to be completely honest, I didn't want to, I wanted to think that we could win this game, and I didn't want to see how good Kansas was ahead of time necessarily, but uh, they were the best version of themselves in this game easily. Yeah. yeah, I think Bill Self said after the game, this was the by far the best game they played all year. So, you know. I just still don't think that the team they were last year, um, or probably even very close to it, but they looked they looked potentially that good against Missouri, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd say they're not as deep as they were last year. Like their starting five is probably as good as any starting five in the country, but they don't have quite as deep a bench. But like right now, they sit 14th in Kimpom on offense, 11th on defense, and when it comes tournament time, uh, the in the analytic era. If you find teams that are top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency, those are the teams that you predict to go to the Final Four, basically. So as it sits right now, Kansas is a Final Four caliber team, and Missouri, after getting blown out like that, they've got work to do to be a bubble team at this point. Yeah. And it it's always weird for me because it does feel like it's early in the season to be talking about the NCAA tournament, but... When that's kind of the type of team you have, it's like a bubble team. It's the barometer of success. Yeah, I mean, now we're talking about we need a win or two still in non-conference play. Like, the beating Illinois would erase this game, basically, as far as, like, those two would kind of even out as far as tournament eligibility, I think. Mm-hmm. But if we only have these nine wins going into conference play, then... I think uh, we're squarely on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think that's what, I mean, obviously losing, getting completely blasted by your rival is awful, but one other frustrating thing from this game was the they haven't played anybody crowd was very validated um, after how this game went, and uh, honestly, I'm starting to think that is probably true. Yeah, I mean, when the only other the only other top 100 team you've played, it was an overtime win, a game you probably shouldn't have won against Wichita State. Yeah. I can't argue with that too much. And Missouri uh, Missouri dropped considerably in Kempom from before the SEMO game. We were 39th, looking really good. Mm-hmm. After a poor showing in that game, getting destroyed by Kansas, we're now sitting at number 62. That's a pretty massive drop for yeah. only two games. Yeah. And one of them was a win. <laughs> right. Um, let me see if I have any other... Anything else to say about the Kansas game here? Uh, Noah Carter with 12 points, but 
I mean, we needed somebody to bring something on offense. I mean, I can't tell you. There was so many missed shots just at the basket, and you could tell Missouri was just not used to that kind of defense at the rim. Yeah. Because we had opportunities right there at the basket that Kansas just made them difficult. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like uh, even kind of on ISO stuff. It was like, oh, yeah. these guys move their feet yeah. and don't foul. Right. Yeah. You could tell they were getting frustrated trying to score. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, there's not much, there's not uh, much just, of a silver lining. And to again, this I, I guess I don't want to just, it sounds like I'm like complimenting Kansas. I, it, it feels awful like saying these like positive things about Kansas. But I mean, honestly, though, just look at our personnel. Like, obviously, I love Gomillion and, and some of those guys, like the, like the energy they bring. And like, I love the, career trajectory they've had and like it's like it's admirable um like to be at the level of ball like that they're at but just look i mean look at the caliber of athlete like on the floor man you got like these like nba bodies uh for kansas and i don't know there was just yeah. a, there was a clear difference in athlete on the floor yeah J- i think that jalen wilson looked like a pro yes out there jalen wilson in particular looked just dominant like physically yeah and i think that will change um over the the next couple of years but this is what we're at right now yeah he went for 24 and 10 double double Ooh, and three steals all right well uh i think next year we play him in kansas city yeah so we'll see how that goes <laughs> um let's see here yeah final score 95 to 67 they even uh, cleared the bench at the end and let a walk-on get a three. Yeah, he drained it. All right. Next up for Mizzou basketball is UCF, number 65 in Ken Palm. UCF still coached by Johnny Dawkins. We played them uh, 2019 when they had Taco Fall, and we beat them. And that was the same year that they – went to the NCAA tournament and almost beat Duke, mm. I think, in the second round. Do you remember that game, mm-hmm. Taco Fall versus Zion Williamson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I do remember that. And uh, it feels like Missouri won on maybe a buzzer beater? Jordan Geist? Jordan Geist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Johnny Dawkins still there this year. They are 7-2 and two on the season. They did lose their uh, season opener to UNC Asheville. Bad loss there. Uh, that was in double overtime. They beat number 36, Oklahoma State. And tonight, it is Wednesday night, they play Ole Miss. Mm. So it might be worth looking into that. Uh, they're, like I said, number 65 in Kempom, 126 on offense, 32 on defense. But the interesting thing is 355th in tempo. Very slow-paced mm. team. Interesting. Yeah, uh, is this one of those kind of like a preseason, not preseason, uh, non-conference tournament? It's like uh, it's in Florida. Yeah, it is. It's all, it's like a borderline home game for them. Yeah, I'm not sure the whole all the dynamics of it. Um, and I, to be honest with you, can't even remember if there's a second game to be played. Yeah, pending the result of this one, it might just be a one-off. But uh, yeah. Super slow tempo. Um, watch out for their freshman forward. He is six nine, Taylor Hendricks. I think he. I think I read he is the highest rated recruit ever to commit to UCF. Top one hundred player, four star guy. 
six nine shooting 50 percent from three wow um he's he will pull the trigger from three and he's a good shot blocker um he'll probably shoot about 80 percent against us yeah and uh i think he is like they're talking about him maybe being one and done oh wow type of player <laughs> he's was just a four-star recruit but with his size and youth and being able to shoot from outside i think an nba team will try to scoop him up a mm-hmm. uh, couple familiar names on the ucf squad do you remember uh cj walker mm-hmm. high school recruit originally committed to oregon mm-hmm. mizzou was in the mix for him he transferred to ucf he's there now um speaking of transfers uh senior wing cj kelly has played four years this is his fourth year in college basketball He's played at a different school all four years. Started at Norfolk State, transferred to Albany, then UMass, now UCF. Up in the Northeast, and then still stayed East. But, yeah. Uh, wow. Warmer weather. Interesting. Uh, well traveled. I've got a couple more for you. Okay. Uh, seven-footer Michael Durr started his career at South Florida, transferred to Indiana. He didn't play pretty much at all last year, and then now transferred to UCF. He has been a little bit injured this year, but seven footer, really good shot blocker. UCF's got a lot of size. Yeah. They play the pace to kind of uh, allow their guys to do their thing offensively. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, an interesting matchup. Like, again, it's kind of one of those complete opposite type things where Missouri is going to want to go fast. They're going to probably play small um, against a slow paced team with size. I don't know that we've seen that yet. Obviously, Kansas on isn't even a huge team i thought we matched up well against them size wise at least before the game started and i thought they, we and might kansas was okay with running a little bit yeah. i mean they didn't no. try to slow it down no that, yeah, was, that was so that was maybe the de- most depressing part of the whole thing going back to that is like kansas was just like yeah we'll run with you and just be it won't matter yeah. yeah yeah so this will be i see this is kind of like a coin flip uh, it's just there's so many unknowns in this game um just the the neutral court situation and the conflicting styles uh any hangover from the kansas game maybe it it could be positive or negative honestly you can kind of you kind of draw up any narrative you want yeah it could be bounce back it could be we're still sad yeah it's really no way to predict what's going to happen oh one more uh interesting thing Mm -hmm. uh another guy on ucf squad that you've heard of ty freeman formerly of parkview formerly of missouri state university yeah yeah, he uh, never played a ga- uh, game at Missouri State. So he's like in his junior season eligibility-wise for I feel UCF like he, as like a 22-year-old. Did he go straight to UCF from Missouri State, you know? I, I think he was nowhere for a year. It seemed like he went somewhere else and was like really good and like surprisingly productive. But maybe... Oh, I think maybe he it was like he transferred down a level or I something. I think so. Okay. Anyway, he was kind of... Uh, off the radar for a little bit but then now Back. is at ucf uh not a not a huge contributor for them but when i saw his name i was like oh yeah we know him mm-hmm. um yeah the transfer portal era is like you're just i mean every team in the yeah. country is like yeah i remember missouri recruiting him or yeah. he was at missouri or he was at whatever you know you just you know somebody on almost every team somewhere yeah yeah um we, we talk about ken palm a lot on this uh podcast go it's twenty dollars for the year it's incredibly inexpensive, super cool website, but you can look at anybody's roster, click on a name, and it'll show you where everywhere they played. And like some schools, like Missouri's one this year, 
every name you click on, just about, there was somewhere else before. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, I mean, that's the new normal, basically. Um, before the season, Kyle, I said, I predicted that we would split the Wichita State and UCF okay. games. Well, I know what that means then. And that means, I think, we're still sad after the Kansas game. I think UCF imposes their will a little bit. I think it's going to be just as hard to score inside against this team as it was Kansas. I think UCF wins. I hope it's close. I think it's going to be like 68 to 65. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Just because of the slow pace and they and size and they can shoot i just feel like every bucket is gonna feel like a dagger in this game because it's it probably will be a little lower scoring so far sorry uh, i just want to say so far missouri has not had fewer than 70 possessions in a game that was against pin ucf has had one two three four five games under 70 possessions this year and they won all of those oh wow yeah i would love to see missouri kind of approach this unique opponent probably one that we don't know much about that we conflict in styles i would love to see them just figure it out just find a way to beat this team that just i don't know it's just totally different from you but and maybe that's a Dennis Gates thing in a year or two from now um, where he's got a little bit of personnel. Um, but right now, I don't trust this defense to do anything. And after seeing them play against better athletes on offense last week, I'm not sure I have a lot of faith in that either right now. So I think I just got to see it um, before I can predict another win against a, a good opponent. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I'm not – I don't want anybody to think that we're sitting here thinking the season's over yeah, or anything like not. that. Um, I think we just basically the Kansas game confirmed some of our fears about the weaknesses about this Missouri team. And now that's basically the reality until we see otherwise. The weaknesses looked very loud (laughs) against Kansas. I don't think it's going to be that bad um, in most games going forward. Um, And Missouri's just got to find their groove. I think they'll figure it out. And I still think they have an excellent shot of being a tournament team. And uh, maybe we'll get some some Mosley at some point, too. Yeah, there's still opportunity in conference play. Uh, There's going to be a lot of teams bunched up in the middle of the SEC. And uh, throw out the records when Missouri and Illinois play. Yeah. Still have that to look look forward to. Um, And uh, Missouri might just come out against UCF and um, turn them over a bunch and get out in transition. And, you know, if anything, let's hope Missouri's offense can look like they can do something because mm. they looked just completely out of sorts against Kansas. Hopefully everybody can calm down. They're probably going to be playing this game in front of 500 people. Yeah, it'd be a little different. <laughs> Should be more chill. Um, I think after everything I've seen so far makes me think unless Mosley comes back and is lights out, I think we got to be running the offense through Hodge Carter. I still like the ball in Sean East's hands, but I thought Nick Honor played really well against yeah. Kansas. Honestly, might have been the only player that I thought played well. Yeah, had some super clutch drives and some a few hit a few threes. 
I, I felt like he was undeterred by what was happening. Yeah, I just what I it made me think that he kind of felt like, oh, everybody else is out of sorts. I'm just going to have to try to make something happen. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do it a little bit, but I don't think we want that to be the case. Like 5'10 point guard. Yeah, feeling like he needs to take over. Yeah. Yeah. Is he 5'10 even? Uh, yeah, we'll give that to him. Okay. <laughs> um all right. Let's see here. That's probably it for basketball for right now. Um, moving on to football. It's been a busy news week for football. Uh, big picture. Got a few things of note here. Well, first of all, um, sorry to be serious for a moment, but uh, we do want to mention the passing of Mike Leach, the Mississippi State uh, head coach. Just a really sad situation there. Um, I guess massive heart attack and he's passed away and it just devastating for really college football as a whole. I mean, it's, it's hard to find somebody more influential and just like when you look at his coaching tree and, you know, since this happened, there's been an outpouring of stories and support on Twitter. It's been good to read all of that, but just a really sad situation there. Um, just wanted to mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, uh, somebody in college football that everybody loved and was an innovator and a really unique guy and and fun and smart, a a brilliant guy. So, uh, college football will definitely miss Mike Leach. Okay. Awkward transition. Um, Purdue has a new head football coach and you know about him because it is former Mizzou defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters. He took over for Brom is his name. I can't remember his Jeff. first name. Jeff Brom, mm-hmm. who took the head coaching job at Louisville. Correct. So Ryan Walters getting a head coach job. Yeah. Um, good for him. I mean, obviously, he's always been a bright up-and-comer. I think we knew that when he was at Mizzou, he probably wouldn't be there a super long time. Uh, and I'm glad that he's not at Illinois anymore because they, they're good, and I don't want them to be good. Um Illinois, uh, not too terribly far away from Purdue. So it's like if he wanted to take a few players with him, that wouldn't surprise me. If there was a few players that he was recruiting, you know, maybe from the East St. Louis area specifically that uh, maybe wanted to reopen their commitment or their recruitment or something, I'd be open to that. I would hope that maybe, uh, you know, anytime there's any kind of turmoil at Illinois, you got to hope that. How can we take advantage of this? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe a player or two will uh, find their way back home. Yeah. Um, now on the Mizzou side of things, this just was announced like 20 minutes before we started recording. Um, quarterback coach of Mizzou, Bush Hamden, has taken the offensive coordinator position at Boise State. Uh, he was a quarterback there back in the day. So he is no longer with Mizzou football. And he is a name that a lot of fans and people were thinking was going to be offensive coordinator at Mizzou next year. Yeah. And there was all the conversation about him uh, taking more ownership of calling plays, but then no, not he's not actually doing that. Uh, yeah, that was that whole mess. Yeah, this one kind of uh, 
caught me off guard a little bit, honestly. I, I guess I wasn't really – I guess it's that time of year. Uh, yeah. You know, coaches moving around. I, I just, for whatever reason, um, forgot the, that Mizzou's coaches can go somewhere else. Yeah, the Ryan Walters announcement, I was just like, wait, what? What's going on? Like, yeah, yeah I guess. Co- coaching carousels here. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I kind of just thought Bush Hamden was going to be around a little bit. I thought he had a shot at being Mizzou's OC. Um, so, obviously, this tells us either – he knew he was not going to be Mizzou's OC or they're not going to hire an offensive coordinator. So, or maybe he just really, you mentioned before we started recording, maybe he just wanted to go back to Boise state. Cause that's where he played. That's kind of an interesting wrinkle, but I think it's more so the opportunity was not going to be at Missouri. Um, we just don't know exactly why yet. So, yeah, I mean, to speculate a little bit, you've got to think if, if the path was there for him, if he was going to be offensive coordinator next year, He's most likely he not would, leaving Missouri. And he would know, probably. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine he's making more... He's probably making as much money at Mizzou as quarterback's coach and whatever other responsibilities he has as OC at Boise State. It's got to be in the ballpark. He would definitely be making more as OC at Mizzou. Oh, for sure. Um, I hope... Coach Drinkwitz uh, learned a thing or two from Bush Hamden, so because I got to play a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, watch, watch him go out and like uh, Brady Cook runs the ball zero times, and we <laughs> just lose. to go like, back to that like yeah. Vanderbilt a yes. stagnant offense. Yeah, so we're like okay, common denominator. Is there anything that we can glean from this as far as like what Mizzou does, offensive coordinator? Like, at, at, you're talking about how out of the blue it was. Like tomorrow, we could hear that they hired so-and-so as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think it really tells us anything necessarily about what Mizzou wants to do. I think it's just pretty clear that either they're not going to hire anyone or in Coach Trink is going to keep playing, calling plays or in they're kind of going to do the uh, the committee approach or they wanted to shoot a little higher. Um, Casey Woods had a great season as the offensive coordinator at SMU, I believe. Um, he might be worth a look, but other than that... Worth a look, for sure. Worth a look, for sure. <laughs> and he would still know a lot of these guys. He probably helped recruit a lot of the guys on Mizzou's roster. So, um, And that is kind of a career move that would certainly be a step up, an OC at SMU to uh, an SEC coordinator. I think that's certainly a step up. So that's a move that makes sense to me as a Mizzou fan, but don't know if that's in the cards whatsoever. Okay, so just kind of setting the expectations for this offseason... Are you going to be disappointed if, you know, April rolls around, we get into spring and summer, and there's just no movement whatsoever as far as offensive coordinator? Oh, I mean, I'm probably, I mean, if they don't hire anyone by like February, it's probably not happening. But I, yeah, I guess a little disappointed. I think that I think they should hire an OC. I really do. Um, Am I going to be like crestfallen if it doesn't happen? No, I think it'll be fine. And I mean, it sounds like they've got some kind of committee that they're working with that it, it worked out there at the end of the season. I don't know how much you can read into that. That's but still a weird explanation. It's a, it's to a me. weird explanation, and, and it's probably a lie to some extent. But, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I don't know. I, I want to know the details about the committee approach to uh, calling plays. But I, I would say I, I want them to hire an OC, and I think I would guess they probably do. Okay, okay. Well, I'm counting on it. You got my hopes up now. Um, all right. Let's talk about transfer portal. Um, all I have for right now is Hiron White uh, found a landing spot. He's going to SMU. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will be his se- next year will be his seventh season on a college football team. That's crazy. Did yeah. he start at Mizzou? Yes. He's been there that long. Yes. He just had that many injuries. Redshirted slash was hurt his true freshman season and then also lost a second season after playing a little bit to injury, then came back and now is transferring. So well, yeah. Should have a starting job there. And Mizzou got a commitment from transfer wide receiver from Oklahoma, Theo Weiss. Mm. I also got to say, maybe Casey Woods is the uh, person yet to be named in the trade for Hiron White. Could be. Uh, Theo Weiss. Now that is exciting. Yes. Um, I think you just said this transfer wide receiver from Oklahoma. Uh, Two very productive seasons at Oklahoma where I think he had four touchdowns in the last two seasons. Over a thousand career uh, receiving yards. Four touchdowns each yes, season. Yes, yes. So I think he has ten career touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of an interesting athlete. Like he was a, I mean, insanely high recruit. Like I think top three wide receiver mm-hmm. coming out of high school. Um, not really like a burner, but but really good route runner, good hands. Um, he's he's definitely gonna have to try and chip into that Dominic Lovett role for sure. He. I don't know that he's the same. He's definitely not the same player, though. No, not at all. Um, but production-wise. Yes, yes. Um, 6'3", 200 pounds, and he's a very physical yeah. wide receiver. Yeah, he's a, he's a bigger wide receiver, for sure. Not Do not take this. He is physical in a similar way that Luther Burden is. Mm. He's not, not, the same type, not the same player. Yeah. But he does bring a physicality that is reminiscent yeah. of Luther Burden. Yeah, um, I would like to see Theo Weiss kind of play on the outside. Maybe Luther Burden will, can move to the slot. Um, I think that might be the ideal um, thing. But, you know, Makai Miller might play in the slot too. I don't know. But um, there's can, options. There's a ton of options, really. But um, Missouri's wide receivers are going to be talented again next year. And, uh, you know, I think Burden and Weiss are going to be really efficient, um, maybe in the mid range, intermediate range. And hopefully, maybe we can still kind of have that deep threat that takes the the top off the defense and maybe Mookie Cooper can fill that role or uh, another transfer but um the offense offense looks exciting yeah um I still I mean the way the transfer portal is now you basically just take anyone that can contribute no matter how deep you are at a position like I stay I say you still kick the tires on a running back if you have somebody that is a playmaker that wants to come in and obviously we know I Missouri would not say no to someone like the NC state quarterback, even though Devin Leary. Yeah. There's not, it's been quiet. I mean, I don't expect Mizzou or Drinkwitz or I don't think anybody from Mizzou's camp is going to be as public. And I don't think we're going to know what's going on there. Like we did last year where there's just names every day that we should be looking at. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we just get like a depth yeah, transfer at quarterback. That's what I think is the most likely outcome for the quarterback uh, position is 
just get somebody that has some experience at a lower level that can pl- can back up uh, Brady Cook or Sam Horn. That'll upset everybody, but it will probably. But I think we're just gonna have to try and be rational and and just see like what level of player we're looking at. I think it it'll tell us uh, Missouri's plans for sure. But I agree with you on the running back. I I still think there's gonna be some departures there, whether it's Elijah Young because he's not playing as much or. Uh, maybe even Nathaniel Pete, maybe. I don't know. There's probably a, maybe even two to three guys that could leave that room. So I think Missouri's looking at running back for sure. And you never say no to a offensive line yeah. transfer, really. Yeah, that might even be um, priority number one yeah. uh, right now. For the whole team, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although we do need a punter all of a sudden. Yeah. Because uh, Stonehouse. Yeah, Stonehouse transferred. Yeah. <laughs> so. Where's he going to go? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? <laughs> we need a punter now we do oh he, he had all the leverage yeah seriously. apparently well gonna um, go get a payday i guess yeah he's gonna get a real fat nil opportunity somewhere <laughs> um theo weiss was pretty like i think he was number two wide receiver transfer kind of i don't know he was up there definitely yeah. one, of, one of the biggest most productive wide receiver transfers out there at least currently and obviously dominic love it's probably number one but yeah Theo i forgot about him up there yeah. <laughs> i was thinking like who's number one yeah oh uh, yeah well hey he, he can still return <laughs> yeah you could do worse than re- oh, like replacing sure. the number one wide receiver transfer with the number two so yeah um i like this pickup more than armstrong who went to arkansas i agree um he's different player different uh experience and i would much rather have Wees. i agree uh last personnel thing that just came out today is chris abrams drain is back folks let's go and that is huge for missouri's defense next year yeah honestly i thought chris abrams drain was going to go to the nfl this year um think he could have been a probably a day two pick so um he's he's turning away some money to come back and, and and run it back one more time and I just yeah, he was such a shut down corner this year um anytime he was on the field just I mean other teams were barely throwing the ball his direction at all um a little undersized but just it didn't matter he is just he's great uh help me out a little bit day two of the NFL draft is comprises what rounds uh two to four okay two to rounds two through four gotcha Oh, yeah, easy. He yeah. goes there. Thursday night is round one, and then day two. Uh, beginning of this season, there was chatter about him being, like, a first-round pick to, you know, best-case scenario. Mm. Yeah, I think it's actually rounds two and three. I apologize. Okay. It is. Rounds two and three is okay. day two. But you said it right the first time. Two, two, four. They stop right before <laughs> round four. There you go, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think uh, he... If he's thinking, like, I can come back one more year and play myself into being a first-round pick, I think that's doable. Yeah. He may not, like you're saying, yeah. may not have the size to yeah. really impress NFL teams, but if the production's there. Yeah, there's always going to be that element of, like, he doesn't, he's not going to have the measurables really at any point, but. Um, that's uh, that's Mizzou for you. I mean, that's yeah, like. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. We, we, re- we rarely come across those, those kind of players because that means you have to, re- you know, bring in a top. 10 recruiting class to get them so yeah um yeah chris amon strain though uh super excited he's coming back and yeah i think he'll he'll be a 
top draft pick next year. And I think uh, Ennis Rakestraw, there's no, not been an announcement, anything. He's not in the portal. He's not, you know, but I think he's back. I think he's ready to go. I think he's got his partner. He's got his boy. Yep. I think they're coming back, both of them. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, I don't even know if we see an announcement from Rakestraw saying I'm back or anything. I think he's just, you know, he was never anywhere but here. Yeah, that would be a little uh, contrary to uh, what we normally see from him. He, he's a character, man. Yeah, you gotta you gotta re- respect uh, his Twitter game. But uh, Missouri is pretty hot on a, I believe, a cornerback transfer from Florida. Uh, I think his name's like Avery Helm. So it did seem like Missouri was at least, at the very least, planning for maybe one of those two guys to be gone, or maybe they're just getting some depth. But bring him in, something to monitor. You know, bring him in. Yeah, well, let him. He'll let play him fight next it out. Year. He'll play after they're gone to the NFL. <laughs> you can't plan for anything beyond like one year at this point. <laughs> that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just stockpile talent and we'll see, what, see see what you have next year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, we're not above switching guys' positions either. So no, we're not. You got too many wide receivers, make one a safety. You got too many safeties. Make one a quarterback, you know? <laughs> you can do that. That's allowed. Yeah, we've done it. Um, anything else before we – we're going to pick the SEC bowl games. I think that's all I have left. Um, one more chance for me to dig myself into the deepest hole imaginable <laughs> in SEC pick And I'm really looking forward to picking the Nebraska bowl game. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a – the toilet bowl. <laughs> toilet bowl. Nebraska's uh, playing in the toilet bowl. Who, who are they playing against? That's the joke. They're Nobody. not. They're, they're, oh, Nebraska's not bowl eligible, Kyle. <laughs> got him. Oh, I'm glad I think that's actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate it. <laughs> but the first uh, SEC bowl game is Saturday. Mm. This coming Saturday. Florida, I think. Is that the Las Vegas one that Missouri wanted? Missouri what? wanted the Gasparilla Bowl, Kyle. <laughs> Missouri wanted Wake Forest. They wanted the uh, Liberty Bowl, apparently. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Breaking news, Missouri actually super really, really wanted the Liberty Bowl. And the Liberty <laughs> Bowl said, like, no, we want Arkansas. Couldn't decide what word you wanted to say there. You like yeah. started like three different words. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. All right, take All it right. away, producer Cameron. <laughs> Sounds good. Our first game is, in fact... Wait, can we get our totals? If you want to. Oh, I, I want to know. All right, you've got 63. Guest pickers have 72. Kyle has 74, and I have 80. All right. Rip. Man. Got some work to do. <laughs> and our guest picker is, for the 15th time, Tyler. Tyler. You're welcome back. Good in. luck. We love you, Tyler. We should just add him as, like, his own, like... <laughs> No, no, no. We're not adding any more permanent pickers. <laughs> All right. Uh, Florida against number 14, Oregon State. Oregon State is a 10-point favorite. Oregon State yeah. is ranked? Yeah, they're good. Go Beavers. No. Oh, yeah. They're going to beat Florida. Florida no, lost their quarterback. Not. Yeah. No Richardson. Tyler picks Oregon State. I pick Oregon State. What's the line? I'm sorry. Ten. Oh gosh. Okay. I don't know anything about Oregon, Oregon State. They, nine and three on I the season. I literally can't name a single thing they've done or a single player on their team, but I'll I'll pick them. 
all right, everybody's on Oregon State. Well, you were like, really sounded like you were going to pick Florida for a second. Well, you know, a little bit of misdirection. A little bit of look over here. and uh, You tricked us. <laughs> all right, here's an interesting one. Okay. Kansas versus Arkansas. Arkansas is a three-point favorite. God, I hate both these teams. Wow. <laughs> so bad. I don't uh, even want to, like, turn it on my TV. No. Should have just not picked this one. I don't even want to turn on a stream because ESPN will be like, wow, look at all the people that want to watch this. Ugh. I don't want to contribute to the ratings. We'll have to pirate it. They almost have the same name. There's just, like, yes. two more letters. The Gasper and Arkansas. Ugh. Yeah, it's, like, the same name. Uh, Okay, give me Arkansas, I guess. Yeah. The lesser of two evils. Barry Odom's not there anymore. Mm. He's at UNLV. So are they more evil now without him? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> too too <laughs> hard too to think much, about. That's too much math. <laughs> All right, everybody on Arkansas. Texas Tech against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm. Well, now that Lane's staying, I think Ole Miss is going to be good again. I'll, yeah. I'll take them. They're going to rally around him. Mm. Tyler picks Ole Miss. Um. They're favored? Yeah, by three and a half. Give me the upset. Give me Texas Tech. Are we picking any? Is this the last time we're going to pick these games? Yeah. So basically Cameron's like safe no matter yeah. what happens. Okay. Yeah. I'm in fourth place pretty much no matter what. Okay. You could. I could try and. I should just the be. The guest pick, pickers could pick you. I should could pass you basically. just be picking the opposite of everything Cameron does basically. Yeah, but then you, then you could finish third. Well, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> I want my name on the trophy. Oh, I see. I'll take Texas Tech. Okay. Make it easy for you. There we go. What'd you do? Tech. Let's go. Pew, pew. Number yeah. one, 21. Number 21. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited, sorry. <laughs> number 21, Notre Dame against number 19, South Carolina. Notre Dame is a two-point favorite. I'll take South Carolina. Yeah, I think this is pretty easy Notre Dame for me. Mm, what did Tyler pick? Notre Dame. I wanted to pick Notre Dame, but I will pick South Carolina. All right. South Carolina beat Tennessee. Missouri almost beat Georgia. <laughs> teams can beat teams. <laughs> Number six. Does that seem less reasonable? Teams what? can beat teams. Huh? Uh, what, what does that seem... It does seem ridiculous that South Carolina beat Tennessee because Tennessee beat Missouri by a zillion points. And South Carolina sucks. Against Missouri, apparently. Yeah. That's it. The only team that has come even a remotely close to challenging Georgia was Missouri. Why? Why did that happen? We're just so good. I wish Cody Schrader would have scored. Yeah. Uh, what Did we pick it? I, uh, South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Okay. I got it. All right. Okay. Number six, Tennessee versus number seven, Clemson. Clemson is a six and a half point favorite. Just because Hooker got hurt? Oh, I forgot about that. But Clemson me. lost their quarterback too. He's tr- he's transferring out. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. Clemson mm. was awful. I think Tennessee's backup quarterback, Milton, he's good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler takes Tennessee. <sighs> Give me Tennessee. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's. Pro- I mean, yeah, probably Tennessee's going to win, but give me Clemson. Hmm. 
I for say the, the same thing. For the sake of this exercise. Clemson. I bet Tennessee wins that by like two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> number five, Alabama against number nine, Kansas State. Alabama is a three-point favorite. That's an interesting matchup. I pick Alabama. I do too. So does Tyler. Mm. Okay, give me Kansas State. Maybe I should be trying to pass Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa versus Kentucky. Iowa is a two and a half point favorite. Talk about a game I do not want to watch. <laughs> be boring. No Will Levis. And Iowa has no offense at all. Except they found a way to score 15 points against Nebraska <laughs> a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, I'll take... I don't want to take either one of these teams. Uh, yeah, they're both bad. I'll take Kentucky. What Tyler pick? Mm. Kentucky. I'll take Iowa. I'll take Kentucky. Yeah. Iowa sucks. Okay, I'll switch. Give me Iowa. Oh, let's go. It's gonna be a disaster. Going down with a ship here, yeah. boys. <laughs> What'd you take? Iowa. Iowa. All right, all right. I took them. Number four, Ohio State versus number one Georgia. Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. These ga- uh, games count extra or anything like that? Any bonus points at play here? For what? <laughs> you pick the upset correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can. Okay. Um, what did Tyler pick? Uh, Georgia. I'll take Georgia. I'll take Ohio State. I'll take Ohio State. Wow. Just whatever you pick can put me down for the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio State got exposed by Michigan, though. Yeah, they did. Like Just yeah. a fluke? Probably yeah. not. Okay. Georgia almost lost Missouri. Is it Georgia? Just a fluke? Yes. Probably not. <laughs> Georgia just going to go undefeated two years in a row, back-to-back national champions? I guess. Mm. Well, see. Tell us how you really feel about Hate that. Hate that. Okay. <laughs> Number 22, Mississippi State versus Illinois. Illinois is a two-point favorite. I'll take Mississippi State. Yeah, wild that they're that they're playing this game. Honestly, yeah. Uh, I guess the defensive coordinator was named head coach, like signed to a contract and everything today. Yeah, that happened pretty quickly. Also, kind of a little surprise. Yeah. Uh, I, I bet Illinois wins. This yeah, game. just give me Illinois. Well, what did Tyler pick? Uh, Mississippi State. Like I said, Illinois all the way. Yeah, you knew it. Yeah. And our last one is. Number 17, LSU versus Purdue. LSU is a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll Ryan Walters, first game. I'll take LSU. Right, first game. Is he kind of coaching it? <laughs> Probably. Really? I never. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? He has to install his offense and defense. Well, what, what, what else is he going to do? He's the head coach right now as we speak. <laughs> They gotta He's going to be like, uh, not this one. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, there is absolutely no way Purdue wins this game. Give me Purdue. Okay. <laughs> what did Tyler pick? LSU. I'll take Purdue. Let's go Ryan. Walters. We just picked like 14 games, and I'm going to get a total of three points. Probably. You And you just like every time was like, they're going to win. I'm picking the other team. <laughs> That'll do it. Okay. What a great year. Good luck, everyone. Producer Cameron, finally going to get his name on the trophy. 
Don't jinx it. I can still throw it away. How's it gonna, how do you feel that you're going to have your name on the trophy finally? Mm, well, there's like not really room on the front, so it'll probably have to go on the back somewhere. Mm. Which is actually nice because I'll be able to see it when we're recording. So Jinxed. Hey, you know those games at the beginning that we picked that I don't remember what they are? Just give me whatever you didn't pick. Everything <laughs> oh you everything you picked, I'll take the opposite for the whole slate. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't even know who those teams are. I want the opposite. Okay. Okay. Kyle's picking Kansas. So oh. <laughs> and he's wearing red and blue. <laughs> oh, wow. Way to go. <laughs> uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Look at Kyle's red and blue. Uh Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan DeMore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keynes, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks, thank you. I can't believe you exposed me. Thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate you and love you. You, you, can, find, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter, at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts, our gold and black t-shirts, Kyle, on our online shop, yeah. Missouri Sports Pod. That's what we Pod. wear around here topickcartel.com Lucky for you, nobody listens this far into the show. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.